Welcome to episode 46 of In The Settle Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Roski, and we're recording a special Breeders' Cup episode this, this evening. And we're fortunate enough to have our American judge to help Chris Loder mark the card. We've got Acacia Courtney in the house. How's it going, Acacia? It's doing good here. Uh, we are just getting ready for the Breeders' Cup. I just got into town, so getting set for a, a big week. Happy to be on with you guys today. Excellent. You'll be glad to get back, back from New York and be be more at home in Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm from, I consider myself a New York girl. I'm from around there. I work full time with them, but happy to be here in Kentucky uh, for the week. And Keeneland is, is an awesome racetrack. It's really beautiful. It's historic and they always put on a really good show. So I'm looking forward to it. So you're just talking about the track, Keeneland. How is it riding at the moment for the listeners? It'll be quite important. Well, right now we have been really lucky with the weather. There was quite a bit of rain in Kentucky last week and the week before, but it's sunny, it's beautiful, it's on the cooler side, but much better this morning as actually some of the training was delayed yesterday because the track was frozen. So much better today. Um, The temperature's gone up a little bit and the sun has definitely helped. So you can expect a fast track and a firm turf for the weekend, which is good, um, especially for some of the horses that are really coming over here looking for a firmer turf course do you think that will favor the europeans is that interesting i know i know that some of the europeans have come in from some recent races with some really soft turf courses and so i think that that's going to be a little bit of a challenge to kind of gauge but i know that a few have kind of been able to stretch their legs over the course and particularly here in america just with our style of racing too the turf does tend to be a little bit kinder to horses with some early speed so i think those are some things to look at as well especially if the turf is going to be firm and it's supposed to be pretty comfortable weather so i can't imagine we're really going to have much give in it it is the time of year that there will be a little bit of soft inside because there has been racing at keeneland over the last week as they wrapped up the fall meet but um it's it's not going to be a significant amount of cut in it interesting chris do we need to rechange our selections here after a (laughs) kissy no i've been i've i've been in the form book uh all afternoon so um I'm hoping I've managed to select uh, a few nice horses uh, for our show. So, yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm going to be staying staying with those selections. I won't be diving into the being busy with the political stuff at work, but I'll let you two two professionals mark the card. Um, <laughs> we're going to start on Friday night. We're going to start in the eight ten Keeneland. We're going to start in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf, presented by Coolmore America. We'll start with Acacia Courtney. What do we like here? Well, this one I think is a good race. Um, I, I've been really looking forward to this, and uh, I'll leave Chris to talk about the Euros, as I think that he's definitely got a little bit of a better handle on them. But um, as far as the juvenile turf does go, I think there's a couple of horses coming in from New York that I've been able to see fire at will mainly. I'm a really big fan of the Stallion of Decorated and uh, Declaration of War, and this horse showed a lot of versatility winning last time out, going a distance on the turf using that early speed especially um Gretzky the Great coming in from Woodbine he's been good I I think he's one that I'm looking at 
a horse and again chris you tell me but a horse i'm gonna try to go against that i think a lot of americans will be interested in is the learjet i just don't really like him at the distance very much and stretching out i think that just because he beat golden pal who will likely be a very short price in the juvenile turf sprint for wesley ward he's going to take a lot of attention um and uh, go atletico is the european that I am most interested in just looking at his races overall. So I'll be curious to hear your intrigue about it. But as of now, those are some of the horses that I'm most intrigued by. Both leg was currently 12 to one um, with the UK bookmakers at the moment, 10 to one in places. Um, does look a good each way alternative. And um, what's your thoughts on this one, Chris? Yeah, quite an interesting race. Quite a few um, British and Irish runners taking, um, taking their chance here. Um, it's quite interesting what, um, Acacia was saying there about the Learjet. I don't understand at all why they're going for hit, uh, going in this race, <laughs> stepping him up in trip. Um, he, he's uh, by a horse called Prince of Lear, who um, who uh, was best over uh, sprint distances. And um, yeah, th- this this horse doesn't have the pedigree, in my opinion, to to be having a shot at further. Uh, Battleground is the one that's heading the market here for Aidan O'Brien. Battleground, um, he's a, a horse that I think if you wanted a solid contender, he would definitely give you a run for your money. Um, and But the only concern I would have is that we haven't seen him for a little while. And if he was one of the better Bally Doyle two-year-olds, we would have seen him in the Dewhurst or um, we would have seen him out again, maybe the national stakes at the Cara. So that doesn't fill me with a lot of confidence. The one that I thought, and I thought this was probably my bet of the whole of the Breeders' Cup was in this race. And that's Cadillac for Jessie Harrington, who um, I think she's going to have a few good chances to fire at the Breeders' Cup uh, meeting. And uh, Cadillac is the one that I've been really impressed with, actually. Really um, caught many people's imagination when he absolutely hacked up on debut, won by nine lengths at Leopardstown. And the form of that race uh, didn't work out too badly in the end. It produced quite a few subsequent winners. Um, you, c- you can then make, I think, excuses for his next few starts um i don't think he particularly likes soft ground and where he bumped into max winnie who's now a group one winner and also as well his fifth placed effort in the dewhurst which is probably the strongest uh, juvenile race we've seen so far uh in the uk this season they were both on soft ground and even though he is by lope de vega who can handle cut i just don't think um that's his surface and I think this quicker ground at Keeneland is really going to help him and I just think the track as well will definitely suit as well I can I can see uh, the bend really helping him and uh, Jessica Harrington I think has got a good one here and uh, I think this horse should be the favorite for the race I think I've seen even as big as about 11 to 2 out there I think he should be half that price and um, he, he's the one I think will win this race I've actually found a bit of 13 to 2 Chris well, which, which is good. Um, I know it's a bit early for Chris Loder to get the nap out, but obviously listeners take note. Um, sort of looking at the form, that new market run, the Darley GR stakes, I know that you really like that form because obviously you backed the winner that day. Um, and obviously you were quite keen on Wembley next time out as well. Um, strongly fancy Cadillac at new market that day. That form looks solid. And I think, I think I can agree with you on the price angle should be around four to one. 7-2, probably go shorter on the day. Best price will 13-2. Casey Corney quite likes go athletic, 12-1 each way. So we're going to jump on to the 9.30, the Producers Cup Juvenile Philly Stakes, Philly's Tour Stakes Group, Grade 1. 
we'll start with Lucky Loaders. What do you like here? Yeah, I'd be quite keen to listen to what Acacia has to say on some of um, the US contenders here. I, I thought they would probably have it. Uh, Campanelli is a US horse that we have seen over here so far in Europe. One on uh, debut at Gulfstream and then came over to Royal Ascot to win the Queen Mary Stakes. And then um, then went uh, to France for the pre-morning, uh, beating some of the boys and uh, beat no other than Nando Parado, who uh, I know you and me, Mark, have got a few uh, sore heads with him after we missed 150 to one shot. Yeah, listen to this one in case you're. Uh, we we got we got I got a word for it on debut, <laughs> right? As you do, I got about twenties back to and he slowly at the stalls couldn't go over to the rail. Um, quite green. I think he finished about fourth or fifth on the day, and then. Got a message from Chris Loder saying, um, "Did you back it?" And obviously I didn't know. And obviously I looked at the result. And I think, and I looked at the colours. I think, oh no, it was a hundred to one. Next time out, what was that? Wasn't on. <laughs> Not great. That doesn't sound fun. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's quite bleak, but yeah. Anyway, Chris, will let you finish. Just yeah. the listeners love to hear that. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's one of those, isn't it? The one that got away. I remember you told me that this was working the house down on the gallops and back it on debut in which we did and then obviously in the Coventry was 150 to 1 I think and um, was a worthy winner on the day uh, but yeah going back to Campanelli um, I think she's probably the best I know she's an American horse but probably if we're talking European form probably brings the best to the table I thought the one that I was quite interested in is another Jesse Harrington runner called Udonata I think that's how you pronounce it probably Awful pronunciation there. Um, that form in the Moigler has actually worked out quite well because Pretty Gorgeous, who finished second, won um, the Phillies Mile, which I would probably say is the best Phillies race we've seen so far from the juveniles in the UK this season. Beat Indigo Girl, who's a horse I know you and me, Mark, have a lot of time for. But, um, yeah, I, I didn't think the, the European team was particularly strong in this race. And... I was quite interested in um, Aunt Pearl. I don't know if uh, Keisha would be able to tell us more about uh, her, but um, yeah, I thought the Americans might take this one. Yeah, I I, I tend to agree. Um, Aunt Pearl and Plum Ali, I think, have both been really impressive, and they're both undefeated fillies coming into here, which is exciting. But this is a race, and kind of talked about the turf course being kind to horses with speed, but I, I saw this race as having a lot of early speed, and Aunt Pearl um, is definitely going to send. I think it's a benefit that she won the Jessamine at Keeneland last time out. Um, but if there is a lot of pace up front, I could see Plum Ali getting a great trip in here and just kind of sitting right off of it. Also, she's just one that visually looking at her, uh, Plum Ali, she just never really seems to me like they've gotten to the bottom of her just yet. So um, I think that that's something interesting because she hasn't, she's progressed in all of her figures each start and she has won nicely. She's not kind of like run away and blown the socks off in the last few starts, but it just looks like they've never really reached to the bottom with her she has a, a really good turn of foot so um i'm i'm intrigued by those two i think that it could potentially be a formful race as far as how they go um i think the kind of the wild card in here is the horse from california and madonna for uh simon callahan the nine with flavian pratt and she's another big closer she'll be coming from really far off of it but to me uh and unfortunately no interesting prices in this spot but i thought the two favorites in plum ali and aunt pearl were the two most likely ones in here plum ali is currently six to one acacia at the moment and 
Madon, the nine horse, so I'll be impressed. 20 to 1 in places over over here. Oh, so all right. Maybe we should be getting a wee bit of that. There we go. I'll take some prices. Yeah, I'll put that on for you just now. It'll be a 10 to 1 shot within five minutes, okay? <laughs> Sorry about that. That's <laughs> uh, all good. So, Chris Loder is quite keen on Ant Pearl 3 to 1. Let's see this pronunciation here with my accent. Odinadata, 14 to 1. And Acacia Corney likes Plum Ellie, 6 to 1. And Madonna, 20 to 1 bit of value there you want to be getting that very very quickly anyway we're going to jump on to saturday okay we're going to have a look at first race we're going to look at the breeders cup turf sprint acacia courtney what are we with here okay as i get over to the turf sprint um the horse that i'm the most intrigued by coming in here is um in primus the three as he came back off of a big layoff and i think something that's really important about him is that coming back in that troy at saratoga the reason for the layoff was that he actually had two throat surgeries so it's kind of crazy looking back at the success that he had in 2019 and even before that when he clearly wasn't able to breathe at full capacity and then had that big layoff the first surgery didn't work as well as they had anticipated they did another one and he's a gelding so they brought him back for racing again this year and while he was disqualified from the troy he was the best horse in the race and an actually very competitive rendition so he's got a running style that i think um is certainly to his benefit He's a horse that I think is coming in, in in much better form in 2020 again, given the throat surgeries that we had. And then um, there's a mayor in here as well, and got Stormy, who's been more of a miler, but recently and I was in the camp of when she came back in 2020 thinking that she just wasn't as good this year but then they cut her back to sprinting and she's been fantastic in her last two I think it's also strengthened her turn of foot as she hasn't needed to kind of be up as much early speed as we will see in some turf sprints in America some of them can be incredibly quick with horses just sprinting and running out to the front and just bursting open the starting gate. I didn't really see that in here, and that's why I prefer a horse like in Primus, who could be forwardly placed, whereas Got Stormy, I would imagine, is going to be um, pretty far back, and um, we'll see if that's going to hurt her in this spot. Primus currently 5-1, to 4-1 to one in places, and your other selection, you, you quite had the little alive for us tyler gathione's mount which is currently see the prices here the best price available we're looking at got stormy let's give me one sec yeah i'm looking at these prices best price available 11 to 2 so they're both quite well fancied in the market and uh, what's your views on this one chris yeah again I, I didn't think i'm not too familiar with um the top u.s sprinters but from the british and um irish side i thought we weren't really sending a particularly strong team over. I, I know there was a bit of talk about Batash earlier this year, and it, it's a great shame we're not going to see him. Um, I'm not sure if he would have liked the extra the extra distance at um, at Keeneland um, over the five and a half. But uh, yeah, I thought um, Glass Slippers she would probably need a little bit of rain but i looked at the weather forecast and it is meant to be quite dry i think up until the day so that would be a major concern because she's always run her best races towards the end of the year but it's normally been in um typical soft european ground you know so 
the, the quick nature of the track at Keeneland, I just think won't won't be in her favour. But she could still run a credible race, I think. Um, she's not got a bad draw either. So I thought she would um, fly the flag, not too badly for us. But she wouldn't be the one I would want to be on from our team. The one if he did if he did me, did make it, um, I, and and uh, there was a non-runner and there was a horse that dropped out. I thought Equilateral, who's the current reserve. Um, one of the reserves at the moment. They've already booked uh, Frankie Dottori for Charlie Hills. Bit of a funny horse, equilateral. You know, he's he's always shown so much potential, but he never always puts it together. And he normally needs a little bit of a break to to see him at his best. Ran a great race um, on a seasonal appearance this year to finish second in the King Stand, running on really strongly. And he beat Glass Slippers that day quite comprehensively. He he would definitely appreciate, I think, the quicker ground. Um, and I, I just think if there's a lot of pace early doors and he wasn't in a bad draw, obviously we won't know his draw until if, if he runs, but if, if he got a favourable draw, I just think at a big price, um, he could maybe just have his day in the sun. He's always a horse that's threatened to win a big race of this nature. And I thought equilateral if he got in would be interesting. But away from that, I thought the Americans would probably have this one. I thought Leinster was quite interesting for Louis Sias and George R. Arnold the second. Um... I thought that his uh, win last time out in the Grade Two Woodford Stakes uh, would pretty. If he repeated that, that would probably set the benchmark, in my opinion, to win this. And uh, all his rivals, I thought that day, he, he had the. He, he even though he only just won, he was quite a comfortable winner, I thought. And um, yeah, out of the Americans, he would be the one that I would be interested in the most. But yeah, from the British side, I don't think we've got a particularly strong team, but. Equilateral, I'd be quite interested in if he did make the final field. Thanks, Bill. I'd ask just on one form, Chris, on that one. Best price available is 16 to 1 at the moment. Um, if he does get it, it's maybe going off a little bit bigger. Um, Leinster is currently 5 to 1 for Luis Hayes. Um, and Acacia Corney, just going back to their, her selections, got Stormy 11 to 2 and Imprimis with Tyler Gasleone. I think he's about, uh, he was short, was he not? Yeah, he was a 4 to 1, 5 to 1 shot in places. And moving on to the Maker's Mark. I absolutely love this stuff, Casey. I'm, I'm very jealous that you've probably got on tap out there. It's my favourite bourbon. Um, the Maker's Mark Breeders Cup, Phillies and Mares Turf, Grade 1. Um, this is not a plug for Maker's Mark, by the way. We'll start with Corny. Um, well, this race is definitely dominated by Chad Brown, who has four in the race. The favourite is Rushing Fall. But... As much of a fan as I am of Rushing Fall and as much of a fan as she is of the Keeneland race course, as she's done quite well there, winning five out of her six races at Keeneland, I don't prefer her of the Chad Brown runners. But the horses with speed, I much prefer Mean Mary for um, Grand Motion. I think that she's one that will relish the stretch out in distance where I feel like Rushing Fall is a bit more of a mile and a 16th mile and an eighth kind of mare. Um, so of the horses with speed, I'd lean more towards the likes of me and Mary. Um, of Chad's runners, 
while my sister Nat has never really been my cup of tea just physically, um, and it is kind of a neat storyline that she's the sister to Sister Charlie, who's a former champion, who's also in here, and the sister to this year's ARC winner in Sotsas. So obviously the family is incredibly strong. I do think that my sister Nat's turn of foot, her closing ability is going to be a key. She just is not the winning type. So she's one I would use underneath. Um, I'm leaning a little bit more towards me, Mary, but at a big, big price, a horse I'm going to use underneath too is the nine Harvey's Little Goyle, Philly by American Pharaoh, who's incredibly versatile, got a grade one win on turf last time out. Don't mind the stretch out in distance at all. She ran well at a mile and a five sixteenths, two starts back, began a nice Philly and Michelin. So um, she's one at a big price. I like though, again, leaning more towards me, Mary. Yeah. Harvey's the nine horse. It's a big price again from a Casey Corney. Currently sixteen to one available. You get a bit of that over over on your side it's of the pond. Twenty to one on the morning line here. I I don't know what she is currently like in the futures and everything over here, but on the morning line she's twenty to one. So that means she's actually getting a little attention if she's sixteen there. <laughs> okay, well if, I'll back the other one for you if you back this one from over there. Okay. Nice. We'll do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Seems. Chris Loder, what do you like here? Yeah. Again. I thought um, the Americans might take this one again. Obviously, said Chad Brown's got quite a few um, darts to fire. Um, from the British and Irish contingent, I thought Cayenne Pepper was one of the more interesting types in the race. Again, for Jessie Harrington, who I said, I just think she's she's going to have a good Breeders' Cup. I think she's got some good chances. And Cayenne Pepper does bring some good form to the table. You know, that, that form behind Tanawa... Looks really good. Um, Tanawa for Dermot World. We'll, we'll be seeing her later on the card. She went on to win her next um, couple of starts over in France, um, winning the pre uh, the mail, um, and that form looks really good. She beat uh, Rabiha, who's a really nice filly for Jean Claude Rouget. Dame Malio ran a cracker. Also, as well, subsequent um, Group One winner, wonderful for night, wonderful tonight for David Manishi. Tanawa has some really strong form, and I'm really excited to see her run for Dermot Wild. And uh, Ken Pepper, I would say, out of the the home team, I think she's been disrespected in the market. Maybe it's because she's got a wide draw. Maybe that isn't ideal. However, I, I think if she tucks in and can get into a, in a good position, not not too far back, but be in the field, I think she might be able to come with a late turn of foot and, and definitely I, f I could see her at least making the frame. So, yeah, she would be my pick. I thought the other filly I'll just t have to give a mention to, talking about Tanawa's form, is uh, James Fanshaw's Ordara. Um, again... Uh, that form behind Tanara looks really good. Um, she finished third there in the pre d'Opera on uh, Arc, de Arc weekend. So, yeah, she's interesting. And Pierre Giles Bordeaux, I don't know if a lot of people in America have heard of him, but um, this guy um, is an absolute machine in France. He, he is head and shoulders above everyone else. And I would probably say that if I had to back a horse right now with any jockey in the world pierre charles bordeaux would be at the top of their list the ride he's been given some of uh, the horses recently and we'll talk about one or two of them a little bit later in this podcast when he's been teaming up with aiden o'brien he is a jockey that 
you, you you need to watch and I just hope he can get a winner in the Breeders' Cup and it's interesting that they've booked him. So yeah, they're the, they're the two ones from the home team or the British team I should say because obviously the home team is the is the US team. But from from our, our side of the pond, I thought they were the two most interesting contenders. But I, I do think that the Americans have the upper hand uh, in this race. Well, I, Chris, I just wanted to piggyback off what you said about Pierre Charles Boudot because I uh, I got to cover the QE2 from Ascot and uh, he's right on the Revenant um, watching that win. I was very impressed that day and actually made notes of it when I saw that he was riding here in the U.S. Uh, to share. So glad that you mentioned that because some of the European riders coming in as well, American people are not as familiar with. They'll just bet whatever Frankie Dettori is riding. But I think it's important to to look at some of those top riders that are here as well. I have a feeling both both of you two like Mogul on the next. Just not, <laughs> <guess>. Maybe. <laughs> so um, just looking at Chris Loader selections. Ken and Pepper is currently 12 to 1, best price available. Adara, the UK radar, 14 to 1. Casey O'Corney, quite like this. Mean Mary, around 8 to 1. And Harvey's little goal, 16 to 1. Um, and what we're going to do is we're going to jump on to the 815. We're going to have a look at the Fangio Breeders' Cup mile. We'll start with Casey O'Corney. What do we like here? Well, this one is, uh, I'll leave it more to Chris as far as the conversations for a lot of the European horses, because I think that they look very, very strong in this spot. As far as the Americans do go, we've got the defending champ in the mare, Uni. I'm against her in this spot. I thought her last win was fine, but I think she's got some much deeper competition to deal with today. Um, Ivar, the Brazilian bred, I really like him, and I think he'll be a short price. He's in very good form right now. And uh, as far as just looking at the pace, as it's something that we've been talking about quite a bit, you've got the likes of Halliday, you've got the likes of Factor, this in here. Um, so I think that this source could potentially sit a nice stocking trip. I also love that Cameco is here and that he's sticking at a mile as um, covered the Epsom Derby this year as well and him stretching out. I can understand taking a shot happens here in the US as well, trying to get the mile and a quarter of the Kentucky Derby. But I think he's a great miler and obviously by an American Stallion and Kittens Joy, who fare quite well over a turf course like Keeneland. See the selection, the Brazilian runner. Um, yes. Ivor, what, what price is, is he over in the, over the pond just now, just out of interest? On the morning line, he's four to one. Yeah, he's eight to one in place. He's nine right. to one over here just now. So he definitely looks like a bit of value there. And um, Camico leads the bang at seven to two for the Breeders' Cup mile. Um, Chris Loder. Uh, what do you like here? Um, don't give me a favourite. I want, I want, I want, I want, I want a price here, Chris. Give me something. Um, well, I'm not a massive fan of Kamiko. Um, Place late? No, nah, could be. Um, yeah, well, here we go. This is this, and the next race we're going to cover is probably the two races that the that the Europeans, or at least the British and the Irish, anyway, would are going to be most excited in. You know, we've got some of our. Uh, top horses coming over here and we've got quite a strong hand I think in this race Kamiko, I think he's been a bit of a funny horse this season, I would have loved to have seen Mahatha turn up here he was a horse by Marcus Dragonin um, probably not too the Americans probably wouldn't be too familiar with him but honestly until he had a setback which ruined his career he would have been tailor made for this race He's he was probably my favourite horse this season 
Um, so it's a shame he's not going to be running here. Um, but going back to Kamiko, I think he had a hard race last time at Newmarket, and it wasn't a vintage Group Two by any means. He really scraped home that day. It was a really, um, it was a bit of a strange race, um, and I don't think his form is that that it's not good enough to win this race in my opinion. Um, Siskin is a really interesting horse. A lot of this is kind of the Irish horse, which everybody loves because it's not an Aidan O'Brien horse. Everybody loves Joe Lyons and Colin Keane in Ireland. Um, it was a great story when he won the Irish 2000 guineas earlier this season. Um, been a little bit disappointing. He's a funny horse. He can play up at the start quite a few times. So that would be a major concern for me uh, in the Breeders' Cup. And this is going to be his last race before he goes for a stallion career in Japan of all places. So, um, yeah, so it'd be great if Siskin can run a final good race but uh, yeah I thought this was quite um, a tricky race I, I do think we've got a strong team but I think some of the outsiders from our team could be the ones to play with for, say Foyage I don't think he would win but he always runs a, a great race you know I thought if he ran anywhere near his Epsom form on Derby Day he would go very close in this race but Lopi Fernandez was the one of Aiden O'Brien's that I just think he's got a bit of untapped potential over a mile. He, he's only run there once over the trip this season uh, when he finished third in that Irish 2000 guineas, which was a bit of a messy affair. Um, and he's been tried over sprint trips this season, and he's been doing all his work, best work late on, you know, and some of his form does read uh, quite well. And I think the quicker ground as well will help him uh, at Keeneland. And, What's also as well interesting that Frankie's but for the ride now. A lot of people in America probably just think Ryan Moore rides all the top right, uh, all the top Aiden O'Brien horses. But in the UK and Ireland, a lot of people will tell you that Ryan hasn't been at the peak of his powers the last couple of years, and it just hasn't been for this year. Covid, um, a lot of the second and the third string horses they've seemingly been the better horses in the long term. Um, and Ryan hasn't maybe picked, always picked the number one horse. And Frankie the Tory this season, um, with um, jockeys not able to travel between the UK and Ireland at certain points of the season, Frankie actually picked up a few spare rides for Aidan O'Brien and did really well out of them, especially on St. Mark's Basilica, who won the Dewhurst. And also as well, he gave Wichita a great ride in the 2000 guineas um i just think he i just think that some of these other jockeys like budo like detori they can get a little bit extra out of some of these ballydoyle horses it's no criticism to ryan moore you know i think he is a good jockey on his day but i just think he hasn't been at the peak of his powers uh in the in the last couple of years and his record does show that and i just think uh, with frankie booked in still free um it wouldn't at all surprise me if he could run a big race at a big price yeah, he certainly looks like a, a good each-way alternative um, from Chris Loder, Luke Y. Fernandez. Currently, best price, 25 to 1 um, on the UK Sportsbooks. What price is he on the morning line at the moment, Acacia? He's 30 to 1. He's a big price. Yeah, He's, he looks uh, a good a good place alternative. And obviously, if anybody in the UK is playing on the Betfair Exchange, you get your additional places there. And it certainly looks like one to keep an eye on. And obviously, Ivor as well is one that Acacia Brazilian import uh, eight to one. I don't think he'd be going off that price on the day. Um, and safe voyage. I think safe voyage is short enough, Chris. Eight to one. You want to be taking that one on the place market? Um, 
I've seen a little bit bigger in a few other firms, actually, I have to say. But, yeah, if he was a double-figure price, I, I would definitely back him for the win and or each way because he's a horse that always tries his heart out, you know. He's really seemed to have improved this season, you know. He always maybe just finds one too good. But if he, if all the stars aligned, he could win this race. And uh, I think he'll definitely be in the first three or four, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, safe word, I think, I, think I think he might drift out a little bit um, near a post-time and... Don't be at all surprised if he ran a big race. Yeah, I think he's had a very hard season considering he's a seven-year-old. Um, I think he needs oh, he needs his own way up front. That would probably be my place lay of the weekend, but we'll probably leave it to the experts. Um, and we'll, I think we might have agreement in the next race, right? Nine thirty-three Beers Cup Turf Grade One will start. We'll go, we'll go lucky loaders, right? Surprise me, okay? Uh, well, this is a great race, especially from the European side. We've got Magical Tanawa, Mogul, Lord North. First, first four in the betting here in the UK, you know. So it looks like this one could be uh, could be one that's coming back here. Um, and out of all of them, Mogul is the one I'm going to play with. Uh, again, Pierre Charles Bordeaux booked a ride for Aino Brian. Now Ryan has been booked on Magical. Now Magical is a class horse on her day. Don't get me wrong. She she's a very good mare. She you know and. Uh, Fair play to her. She ran a great race in the Irish Champion Stakes to win. But I just think this trip over a mile and a half, it just stretches her stamina. She can she can take the trip, but there could be others that just might see it out slightly better. Um, and I would be against her here. And I just think that race at Ascot on Champions Day might have just been a little bit too hard for her. Um, so the one I'm going to play with here is Mogul, who was actually meant to run in the arc, and due to um, some feed problems, a lot of Aidan O'Brien's, or I think all of Aidan O'Brien's horses, they never turned up on arc day, so they're going to come in here a little bit fresher, which I just think that might give them the edge. Now going back to Pierre and other jockeys, other than Ryan Moore, right, getting even better out of uh, Bally Doyle horses. This horse mogul um, this season has become an absolute nightmare uh, for for British and Irish uh, racing fans. He has a massive reputation because of his pedigree. He's a full brother to Japan um, and Sir Isaac Newton, who uh, who have big reputations over here. Um, so he, always a lot of things were expected of him, um, and it's just taken him a while to get to the boil. And in the last couple of runs we've seen him reach new heights and the day that he won the Grand Prix de Paris we saw a completely different animal he beat in swoop who went on to finish second in the arc gold trip as well um finished uh, fourth in the arc so the form worked out quite nicely there also as well serpentine he beat the Epsom Derby winner mogul on on his day I think can be the real deal and he's going to get all the the allowances as well for being a three-year-old um I just think I think Mogul, this is going to be his his highlight of his career, you know. And I just think if he replicates his performance from the Grand Prix de Paris, okay, it's a different type of track, but I do think it will suit him. I think a quick ground will suit him as well. I just think there's a lot to like about his chances. And I just think just having that little bit of extra time in between his races, that could just make the difference. And, and Magical would actually probably be my place lay of the meeting. So you heard it there first. A shrewd from Chris Loader. He's just keeping us in suspense for the. He brought the napper early, and the place lays left till late on. Um, just looking at Chris Loader right now. I mean, he does look bullish on Mogul more than he did on a scan at the weekend that four to one nap. So take note. Um, Mogul, the Frenchman on board, PC Bordeaux, 
seven to two best price available. Magical shorts five to two, um, in places. Um, what do you like in this race, Acacia? Well, I'm very against the American horses in here. I, I think that the Europeans have a much stronger hand. Some of the American horses that have run in the Breeders' Cup before, and, and there's a lot of older horses in here. They're taking another shot. We haven't really had any younger kind of up-and-comers for this distance on the turf and going mile and a half. Channelmaker will be the speed, but he's the type of horse that runs with his head straight up in the air. He's very difficult to ride. And Manny Franco, who will be aboard Tis the Law, in the classic as well um he actually handles channel maker very well in getting him to relax but channel maker loves the soft turf course if this was the last time the breeders cup was at keeneland where it was raining i would have said use channel maker not the case this year um and he's been able the last couple of times to just get comfortable by himself on the front end and i just can't really see that happening and i don't trust him so i'm with chris i like mogul in here so a first agreement of the day um and i'm also really intrigued by tanarwa um who's been in good form and just loves that the mile and a half win already I also love that he's not, or she, excuse me, right? Yeah, Philly, four-year-old Philly in here. Love that she's not a type um, that tends to be so far off of it. She's incredibly consistent. And she looks to me like one that will also handle firm ground quite well. Yeah, what, what price is Tarnawa in the morning line at the moment? And Mogul, just, just out of interest. Six to one on the morning line. Tarnawa is six to one on the morning line, and Mogul is four to one. With Magical, the favorite is five to two. Yeah, I think you might need to put those bets on for us after this call, Casey, because we are getting seventy to <laughs> the pair at the moment. Customer um, <laughs> prices from the UK bookmakers, um, but both in agreement. We've got a full house with Mogul um, and Lucky Loaders. Place lay on Magical. Um, three places or four, Chris. Three. Shrewd. Okay. All right. We're going to wrap things up after this one. We're going to say, save the best to last. The 10 for 18 Breeders' Cup Classic Grade 1. Acacia Courtney, what do we like here? Well, all of the speed is drawn more towards the outside with all of the Bob Baffert runners. Uh, you've got Global Campaign, who's a very fast horse, not for Bob Baffert, but very fast early and was able to win a, a very prestigious race, though it was a short field in the grade one Woodward last time. Improbable doesn't need the lead, but authentic and maximum security are very quick, and I'd have to imagine both of them are going to go. I don't trust maximum security at all. Obviously, he's got the story around him, formerly being trained by Jason Service, who's currently under federal federal indictment for using performance enhancing drugs so since he moved to the barn of bob baffert he has gotten a couple of graded stakes wins they haven't exactly been the most sparkling performances of the bob baffert runners i'm sticking with improbable he's one that does tend to act up in the gate a lot and in fact he was pretty much the reason that another horse in this field in tom's day toss stumbled out of the gate in the whitney two starts back at saratoga because improbable was acting up, rearing up in the gate, and it kind of reacted, made the rest of the field react, including uh, Tom Ta who stumbled coming out of the starting gate. I, I like improbable best of the Bob Baffert trio in here, and I think that he's going to be very tough. I am a major Tis the Law fan. I don't like the post position draw for, for him being drawn down to the inside. He's a horse that likes to be outside of horses. He also can get a bit keen. And in the Kentucky Derby, while I think he ran fine. I know that the excuse has been that he didn't really like the track at Churchill Downs there. Um, I just think that there was 
never a case where he was going to be able to go by authentic that day. So I think Manny Franco is jockey's going to have a tough time giving him a trip and getting him in a place where he can make that clear run. Um, unfortunately, he's got some tough older horses with a better draw in here to deal with. Prolo is currently seven to two. Um, I have a feeling this could be your nap, Keisha. Is it? I'm leaning towards it. I didn't want to, but the more I just keep going back over and over this race again, he just really keeps standing out to me. I think after you hear Chris Wilder's selection, I, I don't know if this is good or bad. Today. Chris Wilder <laughs> as well here. Yeah, I mean, Acacia would have a bit more of a hand on these than I would. Um, but when I was doing my research for it, I just thought improbable. He ticked all the boxes, really, for me. I just thought that win last time out uh, at Santa Anita and the again stakes was very, very impressive. Um, yeah, the the other horses, I remember watching Tis the Law and Maximum Security. They they just didn't seem to be the most straightforward of horses, in my, in my opinion. Um, and I, I just thought improbable i just think i like i like the way that he's just looks like he's been improving every start and i wonder if we've quite got to the bottom of him i think if he replicates his run last time it's good enough to win this um so yeah i'm really keen on improbable you know i just think some of the others in here tis the law he should have won i think uh last time out beating authentic it was a bit of a strange a strange race in my opinion um so yeah yeah i i just think improbable yeah i'm gonna have to roll him a vacation there we're gonna agree again um and he will probably actually be my next best actually of um of the meeting we've got the late double locked up chris yeah i'll probably work out but what, what price is uh improbable in the, over the pond he is five to two. He's the favorite, uh, and then maximum security is behind him at seven to two. Tis the law is three to one. You so see, you want to be laying uh, maximum security potentially in a place lay as well around those sort of prices at odds on. Um, get him out of the three. That'd probably be the best way to go. Um, but listen, it's been uh, it's been great, Casey. I appreciate you coming on and um, giving your insight. Um, they're, they're American judge, and also got Chris Loder here as well, marking the card. Um, but yeah, listen, everyone, uh, just take note of Casey's and Chris Loder's selections. We'll post them in the, the bio below. Uh, make sure you follow us on Spotify, SoundCloud and iTunes. Give us a rating, give us a review um, and enjoy the racing from over the pond. Cheers.